0: or the Movie Hall of Fame or whatever the fuck you want to call this show Mm. for Friday, August 2nd, 2019. Adam Hall across the table for me. Today, we're talking Quentin Tarantino. We are. I like it. N- Nice.
1: Starting it on a nice warm note with Neil Diamond there. I appreciate it. With a great Neil Diamond jam that
0: I did not know I loved until oh. <laughs> seven days ago. <laughs> seven <laughs> days ago. Oh, my God. It's been so long. It. Oh, and I've been marinating. Yeah, I know. I've been bathing in this stew that I call Quentin Tarantino's yeah, universe. I, I um, on the other line, finally, it's Jabril. Jabril, friend of the podcast. Hello, people of Earth. Hello. It's about time, dude. Jesus I know. Christ. Where the hell you been, bro?
2: Oh, God, being a <laughs> dork. <laughs>
1: Explain. Tell us your life story. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, man, I'm way out of the way from you guys. I'm about an hour away, so it gets kind of tricky with our schedules, but we're making it work, and uh, I am here. We're happy.
0: Pursuing that voice acting career. Yeah.
2: I am. Getting it going. That's Getting good. it going. That's
0: good. Oh. You have the best voice of
1: literally anybody who's ever been on this show. Don't worry. That's ever
0: been on this network.
1: That's also true.
0: <laughs> well,
2: thank you very much, gentlemen.
0: I was waiting how
1: long it would take to get to David Lynch. Uh, David Lynch is the, my favorite by a mile. Can
2: you do this whole episode as David Lynch, please? Why, certainly, young man, I can. <laughs>
0: I just won my under bet in Vegas. It was under two and a half minutes. Go me. Banzai. <laughs> <I
2: don't know. laughs> Remember those old World War II movies? bonsai.
3: <laughs>
0: uh, that impression is funny for literally two people in the oh audience. Oh my God, too. I love it. Um, okay. Mm. Wow. Where do we begin? Jabril, I'm glad you're here. 8 hey. Because every boxing match Needs a referee <laughs> We're not gonna have a boxing match I can tell you, it's That's not what this is
1: gonna be no. Sometimes there's gotta be a guy That calls off the fight If things get too we're not. We're not
0: debating Blade Runner and E.T., okay? That's not what this is This is gonna be really bad I just know what's coming This is gonna be the biggest argument Of Adam and I's friendship And it may be the final argument Of Adam and I's friendship this I don't know Is, is the, This is where it's gonna stop What if
1: What if, like, his next movie Is something that i love and you hate that is literally impossible i disagree because you come
0: into these movies looking to hate them (laughs) that That is is not true true. i said on god
1: only knows how many occasions how excited i was for this movie all
0: right and you know that it's on record how excited i was for once upon a time in hollywood we're gonna spend all this time talking about once upon a time in hollywood as you just said Mm -hmm. um jabril when did you see this movie
2: i saw this last uh this past sunday with my mother
0: okay Okay. wonderful yeah and Adam you saw this when I saw this last night with my girlfriend and my brother okay and I saw this seven days ago opening night the Thursday preview showing with my father Cool. Um, so I think that means your point of view is the least legitimate because okay. there's the least amount of space in between uh, viewing and this podcast I-, I will also say for some context the theater that I was in or more specifically the row that I was in was occupied by myself my father And five other pairs of fathers and sons. Aww. That's, I swear to God, it was old man, guy in his 20s. Old man, guy in his 20s, like, (laughs) odd and even. Like, uh, freaking what is that, Uh, Morse code? Ones and zeros? Mm -hmm. Maybe. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) That's what it was in this row of the theater. And I suspect it's sort of the type of audience that a Tarantino movie draws. It actually told me a lot about Tarantino's place in pop culture interesting because those guys that grew up watching tarantino are now in their 20s that were inspired by reservoir dogs and pulp fiction like you and i Mm -hmm. and also the adult males that were in their movie watching prime when reservoir dogs and pulp fiction came out are now old enough to bring their sons to the movie theater i also feel like i wasn't gonna go to this movie with some schmuck like i didn't trust anyone else to see this movie with me for the first time okay like i wasn't going to see it a couple friends asked me to go with them and i'm like no i'm not going to be able to have a good conversation with you afterwards and i'm certainly not seeing it with you because Why? you were not going to harsh my mellow that, oh you, <laughs> that you were
1: worried that i wasn't going to like it you'll be surprised how i actually feel about the movie
3: okay
0: well we'll talk <laughs> <laughs> um so that's where I was. Um Jabril, what was your anticipation level on a scale of one to infinity? <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, seven and a half out of ten. Okay. That's about right. It's about I'm kind of lukewarm on Tarantino. Like I it's a lot like Star Wars where I think he's i I, I feel like I've lived with him for my entire life. His films have been referenced, parodied, whatnot, and Pop culture for years and I just I feel like I've seen the movies hundreds of times even though I've only seen Pulp Fiction twice in my life that kind of thing Wow yeah well, but I was are we giving our opinions right now can I give my quick
0: I would love your opinion <laughs> because you're not gonna get a word in for the rest of the podcast after this. <laughs> okay so use
2: it while you can I liked this movie quite a bit uh, there are parts that dragged there are parts I had some issues with and parts that I'm sure we'll talk about um, it was a breath of fresh air, certainly, to have an auteur filmmaker have this much of a runway to put his vision out there. I fear that it may never. I fear that that era is coming to an end, mm-hmm. which is very fitting for this film. But it was it was quite a time, quite okay. a time. Good. Yeah. Go because
1: Every, everything you just said, <laughs> everything, everything Jabril just said is correct. <laughs> okay. It's good. Uh-huh. It's good. It is what it is. It's the. It's a film reflecting on an era, about the end of an era. It's almost asking audiences to remember that time and pay respect to it in a lot of way. It's asking a lot from the people who go to see this movie. It demands your attention and your patience. And it's Quentin Tarantino's most personal film by a fucking mile. Mm-hmm. uh And I absolutely love, like, chunks of this movie. Uh-huh. And then there just, then there are scenes where I've never been so bored in my entire oh life. Oh my god! <laughs> like, and I, I and it really showed with the audience that I was with because they were not digging it. Mm. They were not digging. I had, uh, I heard at least three people come out of the movie and they're like, "That's either that sucked or that was or I, I've never been so pissed off at a movie. My older brother came out. Said he almost fell asleep. Uh, he said it was just okay, and Abby fell asleep. Yeah, like, like a good ten times. So this was interesting on my end to, s- to see the movie, but also see the way
0: people were responding to it. It wasn't great. My crowd rocked an applause break afterwards. Jesus, wow. applause! And you know what? You want to know something, Adam? Wow, what? I joined in. <laughs> of course, you I did. joined in. I never applaud at the end of movies. <laughs> I think it's the douchiest thing in the world. And I sat there and I fucking rocked an applause brick. You went during uh, 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 the opening night, though, correct? Yes, I went
1: with the Manson family. Opening night, oh yeah. Night. You <laughs> know, I was family. I was a part of the Tarantino cult. <laughs> you went with, <laughs> you with Charlie Manson's burned remains. Is that what you did?
3: <laughs> exactly. Did you right.
1: sp- <laughs> did you piss on his ashes afterwards? <laughs> I
0: did, bro. And it felt so glorious to get justice. <laughs> um look man i'm I'm not shy about this. Tarantino is one of the most important people in my life. I worship at his feet, mm-hmm. and I'm sure he enjoys that because he's really into feet um <laughs> look, I was perhaps predestined to love this movie. It was one of the most anticipated movies I think of my life, certainly the most anticipated of the year for me um, and so perhaps I was approaching it with a bit of confirmation bias. I will say though. I didn't feel the same way about Hateful Eight, you know? I I didn't feel the same way when I watched Kill Bill for the first time. Like, I have been disappointed by Tarantino movies in the past. I walked out of this and I thought, yeah, this is a masterpiece. Okay. I really did. I think this is a masterwork. I think it's one of his best films. I would put it right up there in the Inglorious Bastards, Django tier. Right below Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs. like Those two are sacred ground. You don't touch those movies. Mm -hmm. Um, I would put it squarely in that second tier. I think it's better than Hateful Eight. I think it's better than Kill Bill. And I think it shares a lot with Jackie Brown. I think it's kind of funny reading internet criticism this week. I've read basically every review that's ever been published about this movie (laughs) Um, in preparation for this podcast. One of the things... That keeps coming up is how similar it feels to Jackie Brown. I know. It's sort of meandering. It's atmospheric. It's very vibe-driven. It Both movies are character studies. Both movies feel personal and nonviolent and non-vulgar, although they have their swear words and they have their violent outbursts. They're kind of just chill, soft R-rated movies. They're not hard R-rated movies. Yeah. One of the things that surprises me is how critics have embraced Jackie Brown retrospectively. (laughs) I I didn't know there were that many Jackie Brown fans out there. I thought everybody hated Jackie Brown. I love Jackie Brown. But that's been one of the cool things to see is people embracing Tarantino's personal side Mm -hmm. and his soft side. Yeah. Um, I was stunned when I walked out of this movie because I'm like, wow, this guy has never done something this quiet, this confident, this atmospheric and character driven like he really trusts his characters to drive the movie in this and he puts a lot of faith in dicaprio and Pitt specifically but also this deep bench of character actors um it's a straight character study through and through there's not much plot um and i it probably took me a while to digest it but I was so impressed at his versatility here. Mm-hmm. I was so impressed that he was able to go to this level. And for everyone that says that Tarantino has become a, ter- uh, a parody of himself mm-hmm. or has become indulgent or one trick, I think this was a perfect example of his range. Yeah. Um, and that just floored me. And I got to tell you, man, I've been thinking about this movie every day since I saw it. Um, I-, I just don't see the criticisms. I don't and if I do see the criticisms they just don't overshadow the power of this movie to me I think it's a deeply moving movie I really liked it mm, okay
2: I agree with half yeah. 75% of what you just said
0: <laughs> okay where, where's the 25 that you disagree <laughs> with
2: I, I, I loved the way he let these scenes breathe I didn't feel it, it was for the most part indulgent but at certain points a little indulgent indulgent, a little overlong. Give me an
0: example.
1: I mean, in a way, I think it's maybe his most indulgent film. Wow. Yeah. Mm. In a lot of ways, and and just how he is given no restrictions on what he wants to do, and that's not always a bad thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In a lot of in a lot of scenes, it's actually kind of great. And I don't I yeah. don't have. It's generally not a criticism for me. I don't care if Tarantino wants to get it. I mean, f- film is an indulgent medium in and of itself. I don't really give a shit. Yeah. But. There are just times, I mean, more than a few occasions where I'm just like, you got to wrap this up, man. I don't care. I don't care. Right, you need to give me an example. I mean, what's the probably the, the, the best examples? Honestly, like in the very beginning where they're talking to um, um, uh, Al Pacino. Okay. And first of all, what the hell is Al Pacino doing in this movie? He's in like two scenes. Yeah.
3: Schwartz.
1: <laughs> like very forgettable. Um, really?
2: Yeah. I yeah. think that's one of the best performances I've ever seen from him. Really? Wow. He, really, he was really good
0: in this movie. Uh, did really you see like, Danny Collins?
2: No, I haven't. I need to see that.
0: Fabulous performance. Yeah. Fabulous gol- Pacino performance. Is he
2: a golfer in that one? Or is that is that the one I'm thinking of? No, he,
0: he he plays an aging rock star. A Neil Diamond-esque oh. figure, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. Okay. like There's a song that specifically alludes to Sweet Caroline. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. The best Pacino performance of the 21st century, I think. <laughs> but Not a, that that's saying much, but... But to follow besides up, the Irishman, of course, Let's oh, just okay. dropped that trailer. Man, we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll see. <laughs> Man, we'll see about that. But to follow
1: up on what you were saying, yeah, I mean, like, like Margot Robbie watching herself in the theater. Like, I get what it was saying, and that's cool, but, you know, cut that in half and it would have been great. I mean, fucking Brad Pitt climbing the roof and that whole sequence lasting, like, it felt like 10 more minutes. Like, again, cut that in half and maybe I'm fine. It could have been so much tighter, dude. It really could have been. I mean, this movie lingers, and that was probably the com- the most common complaint with the people I went to see it with. They're just like, "Why did it s- like like stay on these moments as long as it did?" It's like, and I like it when a movie stay like hold on a, a specific emotion or moment for however long they want. But I mean, it, it, I felt like it reaches its
0: emotional conclusion far earlier. It happens all the time in this movie. No. um okay well the scenes you just listed are among my favorite scenes <laughs> in the movie so that may be a problem yeah, jesus Christ. i thought the margot like obviously the margot robbie frolicking through downtown la if you didn't dig that you didn't dig like a third of the movie that's, i mean that's a well, that's really the, significant that's, portion
1: well that's i did yeah i didn't like any of that stuff
0: <laughs> yeah i mean i guess look i guess that's just a difference of taste then yeah. i thought that scene was beautiful i really it's did beautiful at first
1: <laughs> I thought the portrayal
0: of Sharon Tate in this movie was just fabulous. And oh,
1: I, and it's very important that she's per- portrayed by Margot Robbie. Yeah, she can't be a nobody for what for the whole point of who Sharon Tate is. Yeah, uh, yeah, but man, like it's like it's like I, I don't know like were you really compelled by it the entire way through I wow was, i was i mean i forgot like a good like third of this movie man i could have hung out with her an hour and a half like even at the playboy mansion scene yes
2: yeah, but, mm, you oh. know what that's that's my least favorite scene that's the scene that i felt was indulgent and not it's like not what is well. this <laughs> why with,
1: with damien lewis like ex- that, expo- yeah, exposing exactly. that's who this is that's who this is mm-hmm. that's who this. Is. i just mm-hmm. like
0: i don't Give a you shit. You thought that was overwritten. <laughs> yes. Yes. That was a lot of telling, not showing.
1: It's not. It's. It can tell. Tarantino likes to tell, but you have to
2: tell it properly.
0: Yeah. You didn't like the fact that it was Steve McQueen just making a cameo, essentially.
2: Yeah. I didn't mind that it was Steve McQueen. I And I like Damian Lewis. I didn't think he was very, very good as Steve McQueen. I didn't buy him. Really? No, I mean No.
0: Because I actually think he kind of looks like Steve McQueen. Well, he looks like him. A little bit, yeah. 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 I mean, it was also like a... He was just there for exposition. Mm -hmm. And he was just there as like, this is the counterpoint to Rick Dalton. Yes. Um, And this is who Rick Dalton could have been. That was the presence of Steve McQueen in the movie. Um, Yeah, I'm really just not with you. I'm not with you at all. I thought it was actually a pretty well-paced movie. Yeesh! Th- Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? I think the movie just has a real sense of place and atmosphere and vibe. Uh, I, agree and, and I agree with that. And I yes, dug that. Yes, that I agree with. I you. wanted to just say in that, though, man. I didn't want the movie to end. That was the feel. I'm like, I was checking my watch, not because I wanted to leave, but because I didn't want to leave. It was, I, I could not wait to keep watching more. It's like I I loved hanging out with Margot Robbie in L.A. I loved looking at her. I loved seeing all of these incredible characters, this deep bench of characters. And every time there was a new cameo, like Michael Madsen showed up for like 30 seconds. You see and, them as incredible characters. See, I, don't, I only
1: see like a handful of like specifically good, well-drawn characters. Dude, like
0: Bruce Lee in this movie is
1: so really? fucking
2: funny. Were people in the theater laughing as he was doing his...
1: Oh, yes, they were, which I didn't exactly like. I'm like, I loved it. Like, why are you laughing at that? (laughs) That's just Bruce Lee.
0: No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, no, it's clearly. Yeah, actually, though. Have you seen him fight? Yeah, 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 (laughs) that's Bruce Lee. Yeah, but he's he's making fun of him, though. (laughs) That's kind of the problem. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, what's wrong with Bruce Lee? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I think. okay, let's let's get into this now, then. The idea of this movie, as I take it, is Hollywood and the history of Hollywood (laughs) through the lens of the other guy, right? The D-list celebrity, the stunt double, Mm -hmm. the guy that stars in a lot of Westerns and he cameos in TV shows and has a similar career trajectory to Steve McQueen, but never really gets to be Steve McQueen. Sharon Tate, who is this beautiful goddess of an actress who played like two minor characters in two movies Mm -hmm. right and never got to be the never got to be audrey Hepburn, right never got to be the hollywood scarlet because she, she was tragically killed at a young age um and you know someone like bruce lee someone like steve mcqueen this movie isn't about them right the movie is about how the little guy the lesser known guy the lewin davis to bob dylan for example is truly the hero Uh, and and it it is their story that hollywood is telling they are the foundation they are the backbone Mm -hmm. and so i didn't mind lampooning bruce lee Mm -hmm. i didn't mind lampooning steve mcqueen i i didn't i didn't mind uh roman polanski sort of being in the movie as a punchline you know like sharon tate likes doughy guys with funny haircuts (laughs) that look like 13 years old Mm -hmm. (laughs) i i didn't mind that because i I loved these big characters yeah i loved the fringes i loved hanging out with the lesser known guys okay so like for so when they make fun of bruce lee i'm like yeah fuck bruce lee (laughs) (laughs) i want to hang out with rick dalton I like Cliff Booth. <laughs> and I'm like,
1: no, Bruce Lee's too interesting. <laughs> I want to <laughs> go to Cliff Booth's trailer behind the drive-in movie theater in Van Nuys. <laughs> uh, but Bruce Lee is so much more interesting than Rick Dalton. Oh, God, dude. Mm. <laughs> not, not in this movie. But mm. if I were to like have a conversation, like, if if, listening to Bruce Lee talk about who he is and what he always did is fascinating. And like someone like Rick Dalton simply would not be as captivating to me. They just wouldn't. So you think they trivialized a number of those characters? I don't care even about Bruce Lee necessarily. I don't care about Steve McQueen. It's all fine. Like, it, it sets the time and place. It's necessary. I, I wanted the movie to do more of that. I don't have an issue with any of the side characters necessarily. Again, it just kind of comes down to me more than anything, just pacing and lingering and just, like, just having, I don't know. Like, like just, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Like it, like it spit it out, like, like edit your movies, Oh, <laughs> edit your fucking movies, please. Uh, Like, like, I'm like, I'm serious. Like there are whole entire segments of this movie that could have been cut out to me and it really wouldn't affected it in the ending. I mean, I still have a lot of thoughts on that ending. I also mm. have a lot of thoughts on the, the Manson family aspect in general beforehand. Like the spawn there's on ranch stuff. Yeah. <sighs> frustrating as fuck to me because you could have give, told the same story given the same exact ideas had to end the same way and gotten rid of the spawn ranch sequence to me
0: see i love the spawn ranch no sequence. And that's, I it's one of my
1: favorite scenes in the entire movie yeah which is the but at, but on the other end of that coin i'm just like yeah
0: no you didn't necessarily need that did you well i thought it was kind of intentional but we'll talk about that go ahead Gabriel. Yeah.
2: I was going to say, so it, I think there's a nice parallel between uh, Pitt's character and uh, DiCaprio's character because uh, Dalton wants to be – plays trying to play the outlaw, right? The outlaw yeah. in his Western TV show. And then we um, – after that, we cut to – what's a uh, Cliff? Is that, Cliff that's his character. Cliff Booth. Him being the actual outlaw. He's the actual outlaw doing the real-life version of what Dalton's doing in his fictional TV show. So that's how I took it. An outlaw going to a ghost town, mm-hmm. sticking everything out, being ambushed, that yeah. kind of
1: thing. Oh, it's great. That seems yeah. thats a great point. I didn't even think about it that, oh, that way. that scene is remarkable. I love the Spawn Ranch sequence. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. It's very, very well done individually. It's just, I, again, I don't know where it fits in the story. And <laughs> I have a funny, like, like I don't know if it's a plot hole. I guess we'll get, we'll get to that when we get to the ending. Do you want me to save my thoughts? On this? No, let's talk about it. Go ahead. I mean, the Manson family didn't do anything wrong in this movie. i mean from the movie's perspective because i don't care about the real world manson
2: did nothing wrong
0: (laughs) well i did not know this is where this podcast was going no
1: but when you think about the the world that this movie establishes like what did they do
0: well they invaded a house with the intent to kill did they those particular characters deserve to have their heads smashed in? i would say so yeah are you sure about that sure I think if you enter my home and you're about to shoot me and my buddy and his wife, yeah, I'd want to kill you. What did they do? They aimed a gun at Brad Pitt and they threatened to fire. Did they deserve to get lit on fire by a flamethrower? Fuck yeah. Okay, what are we talking about here? What are you talking and, about? Wait, okay. <laughs> also, but, but you know that that's not the intent of the scene. The intent no. is, the in- is to get justice for the Manson. Yeah, I'm poking murders. fun at it, but it's yeah. like
1: when you when you look at it in context, it's like, oh wait, they didn't do anything, did they? They just went to a house that happens constantly. I mean, I have someone who lives down the road from me who got invaded. By someone who held him at gunpoint. I'd 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 bash
0: his head in. Why? (laughs)
3: Because he
1: threatened to shoot me.
0: What are we talking about here? Would you... Would you light him on fire with a flamethrower? Yes. In a heartbeat. Okay. Yes. And I would say, does anyone want smoked sauerkraut?
1: I'm I'm not sure it makes... Brad
0: Pitt looked perfect. <laughs> well, I don't wow. think Brad Pitt yeah. is supposed to look like no. a perfect character in the movie, too. Well, heroic. How about that? Well, uh, okay. Certainly heroic. I think a complicated hero. Sure. Um, this is a guy that is alleged to have murdered his wife.
1: Let me just specify that yeah. I loved seeing those characters get killed. <laughs> Everybody did. Yeah. But But another funny thing about it is... I mean, and this isn't so much a criticism on the movie. It's just funny. Like, I... I, I, when I saw it with Abby, she had no idea who these people were. She, didn't, she knew nothing about the Manson killings or anything like that. Oh. So she was very confused and actually very put off by the fact that they were fucked up as much oh. as they were. So I was like... Well, well, that's that, tough. That's an interesting. That's an interesting point. Like, what if you don't know who these people are? That's tough to go into the movie not knowing about the Manson I know. murders. It was just a funny detail. I was like, oh, that's an interesting observation.
0: Right. To her, it's just three like Home Alone guys. Yes. Like Joe Pesci from Home Alone, walking into a house and getting their skulls crushed. <laughs> it was just
1: wonderful. Oh my God, that fucking telephone is so funny.
3: Oh my God,
0: dude. When Leo gets the flamethrower. <laughs> When Chekhov's flamethrower finally reemerges at the end of this movie. It was great. Oh, it's so satisfying. It's like, of course, he's got that in the shed. And of course, it was Susan Atkins that he was
1: like dousing Mm -hmm. with. I'm like, oh, I hate her. I hate that person so fucking much. Yes. It was great. Yeah. Did you guys
2: think, because I was telling Adam, did you guys feel that he was evoking evil dead? With with like, the, the girl going like, like, the yes, flailing, yes, that looked like a dead eye
1: just going because I was looking for it and I'm like, what is he talking about? And then the ending comes and then the girl is like flailing her arms, like it's something out of mm-hmm. Evil Dead or Army of Darkness. And I'm like, oh wow, and she's even got the glass in her face and it's like a similar kind of makeup. And I was like, that is very Evil Dead y. Oh wow, yeah, but I saw like references to like Jean Luc Godard constantly, especially in the Western sequences. Well, it oddly. did
0: remind me of that mm-hmm. scene in Kill Bill 2 where. Uh, Beatrix Kiddo rips the the woman's eye out. Remember mm. the woman with the eye yeah. patch that she's fighting in the trailer. Reminded me of that. And too. he blinds her, and she begins like flailing around the bathroom in the trailer. Yeah, that was very similar as well. Yeah, so he's done that a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I found that scene to be incredibly captivating and satisfying. Is really the yes. point. Um, the movie doesn't really build to it, and I no. I, I thought that was intentional. I did. I, I thought this movie is supposed to tell you that in the grand scheme of things, the Manson family really doesn't matter all that much. And sure. as much as they tried killing Hollywood or at least wreaking havoc on Hollywood, the system emerged unscathed. Because in um, a way, I,
1: I disagree with that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I, I almost feel like Tarantino was making a point about what the Manson family did do to Hollywood, especially in that era. Huh? Because I mean, that era is sort of where his version of like he's he's. Telling about the end of the golden era of Hollywood, sure, that's the point. And he almost makes a point, especially with telling it in nineteen sixty nine, that this is kind of where it was killed, or at least changed into something else, right? And I mean, you see that constantly with, I mean, just the setting and the fact that, I mean, Leo looks like Dennis Hopper through half the film. Um, <laughs>
0: but um, well, it, and doesn't Brad Pitt call one of the guys at Spawn Ranch Dennis, <laughs>
1: Dennis Hopper? Hopper yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I, it, I, almost, it almost felt like. Uh, like, like the, the death of Sharon Tay is, is sort of where that purity ended.
2: That's huh. what people say, that uh, August 9th, 69, is the end of the... Uh, it was effectively the end of the 60s. Yeah. Murder.
0: Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Vietnam was going on at the time, too. It was it? Yep. Sure. And, yeah. No, I, I don't doubt that, yes, the business, obviously, in real life, did change forever. Mm-hmm. But it, it it it's the insignificance, though. Or not necessarily the insignificance of the Manson family, but the um the resiliency of the hollywood system yeah. and the machine yeah. mm-hmm. and the power of film yeah. the movies about the it is the power of pop culture and not even so much film but television as well yeah and music and all of all of this stuff its ability to um to to become greater and to spit in the face of evil yes and to say now nah, we're making movies and i gotta tell you that's so refreshing In an era, and really, since, I don't know, as long as I can remember consuming pop culture, being told that film and television are going to lead us to dystopia. (laughs) You know, how many, like, dystopic George Orwellian fiction have you seen where it's like, we watch too much TV and we have become, you know, these empty sacks of meat yeah. And and not real human beings because we're becoming desensitized by film and desensitized by television to see a movie that truly applauds the medium and that praises people that watch Lancer on Friday nights mm-hmm. and that watch L A Law on Friday nights and Bonanza and Gunsmoke. Yeah, yeah, dude, fuck yeah! And like, how many movies like that come out every year? You know, obviously there are movies that that suck Hollywood's dick, like La La Land and shit. But this is a movie that truly turns television actors and movie actors into real life heroes yes that's fucking awesome yeah it just inspired me
1: oh no i but that that's kind of where i was coming from when i made the point that this film is almost asking you to try to not let like what the manson family did overshadow how great the industry really is That sort of felt like the point for me in terms of like it living on with sort of bittersweet ending that the movie has, which I actually do like quite a bit. Right. Uh, And yeah, that was an interesting idea. It was a really touching idea. And I feel like the movie accomplishes that is the thing. Like it's and that's why this movie is so fucking frustrating for me Mm. is that they're just like really, really sweet and sad and touching moments. And as I, I was texting you, this movie feels like Tarantino, like venting. It almost feels like he was crying writing the script. Yeah. That's the best way I can describe this movie. Yeah. yeah.
2: Speaking of uh, the industry, so how did you guys feel about uh, the idea of Brad Pitt killing his wife? Do you feel like uh, Tarantino is condemning him? Do you feel like he's neutral? What is he trying to say there? I That's mean, a... he's, he gets to hypothetically do that and he gets to have a career. Is that a commentary on <laughs> well, he the, how fucked up the industry is?
0: Well, a
2: A stuntman, yeah. He had, a stuntman. he had
0: somewhat of a career. Well, but that was yeah. his explanation for why he wasn't getting work anymore uh-huh. because the kurt russell thing with his wife that yeah, was yeah. basically his final job in the business it's a reference to something that another
1: actor did to his wife like mm. i i don't remember that's what a the, christopher walken story isn't yeah.
0: Robert
2: yeah.
1: it? Yeah. robert yeah. wagner robert yeah.
0: Yeah. wagner right. yeah. but i i christopher see,
1: I, walken was on
0: the the
3: yacht
1: yeah <laughs> crazy yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 Yeah. see i i had the same thought where i was like what was the point of that i don't know maybe i gotta let it stew a little longer because i only saw it yesterday
0: well i think (laughs) it's character building for one yeah it's to explain this is why he's not working anymore did it
2: need to be that though but it doesn't even it doesn't come up again though it doesn't really i don't think he ever ponders on that it's never discussed again so it just almost seems like a weird aside yeah the grand scheme of things
0: robert wagner still worked after murdering his wife hypothetically (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) allegedly sure i i i did feel like the throwaway Aspect of it was a little strange because I thought about it afterwards. I was like they did they ever go back to that? And no, you're right they they really didn't
0: well It's one of those rumors. I think that floats around a lot of these rumors just follow actors in Hollywood that it's just the nature of the business mm-hmm. and I think yeah, it was a reference to that the Robert Wagner story is the one that, that it, uh oh. pops to mind most immediately um, but I think what's interesting about Brad Pitt's character in the context of this movie and with that little character beat is that he's by far and away the most likable person on screen.
2: Probably. And he's
0: incredibly charismatic. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of a provocative, interesting Tarantino idea. Mm. You know, that he turns the the murderer into the lovable buddy <laughs> that you want to hang out with and ultimately the guy that saves the day. Yep. Um yeah, I wasn't I wasn't concerned about that i wasn't bothered by it at all i think that contradiction is totally okay okay you know i think you can both say that your character might have done a bad thing but is also a guy that you like i have no problem with that you need to watch dragged across concrete
1: i do mm. have you seen it mm, i like not nah, not yet but that's what that movie's all about <laughs> right by the way so Brawl and cell block 99 is awesome did you see it yeah i saw it it's
0: awesome when did you see it's it so recently? awesome
1: yeah yeah i saw it very recently and it was so dope and, and it's like a complete turnaround for Vince Vaughn.
0: Wow. <laughs> it's
1: so dope. It's Craig so, Zoller. Is that his name? Yeah. It's so fucking awesome.
0: I loved it. You gotta check that yeah, out. I loved it. Uh, yeah. yeah, I, 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 so again, um, I wasn't bothered by really any of their backstory. Mm. What did you think about these two leading men? Okay.
1: Uh, oh, you can go first though. Jabril.
2: I love Leo in this so much. He's so good. Mm-hmm. It, it's so oh my god I, I've, I've heard a lot of talk I'm sure you have too Nico about how Tarantino is very adept at understanding what the public perception is of a certain star playing that up and maybe turning it on its head yep. it just seems like just perfect casting to cast Leo as this vain self-obsessed insecure <laughs> actor yeah <laughs> and it's just he shines in it and it's it's perfect it's just perfect
1: you and I agree on this I think this is his best performance
2: mm-hmm
1: I think this is by f- far and away Leo's best performance. Yes. I, don't th- I, I don't know what even comes close other than Gilbert Grape, but yeah. You want to hear my take? What's your take?
0: This is Leo's best performance.
1: Yeah, yeah. we agree, guys. <laughs> we agree
0: on something. This is my favorite Leo performance of <laughs> this, all time. This, by uh, a fucking mile. Bro. Killed it. By a mile. <laughs> <And if they're- laughs> You uh, embarrass yourself out there for those, for those goddamn, goddamn people. people.
3: <laughs>
1: now, now you
0: listen here, Pumpkin Puss.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know the only one I would actually put up there is him and Janko. And I know you're not crazy about him in Django, right? That's not true. Oh, you like him in Django? <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, I thought you didn't like him in Django. <laughs> I fucking love him in Django. Yeah, it, it's so funny. I think those are the only two. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I guess Gilbert Grape. I don't know. Catch me if you can. You can. Yeah, yeah maybe. Saying. It's pretty good. <laughs> no, this is a harder performance, man. Wall Street? Wall Street? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I
1: let, you know, I like him. I don't know why no one brings it up, but I kind of love him in The Aviator. Love. He's great in the Aviator. Okay.
2: He's great.
0: Yeah, he's tremendous in the Aviator. All right. You never seen the Aviator?
2: I've seen part of it. He's too baby faced for me. Okay. It, seems like he, it seems like it seems like he's playing dress up. He doesn't. It seems like baby Leo playing dress up. <laughs> that's
1: fair. <laughs> that's Titanic.
2: Yeah, <laughs>
1: that's
0: Romeo plus Juliet.
2: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh my God.
0: Yeah, he really commits to this role um, in a way that I I sort of suspected he would. Mm -hmm. This is exactly the type of performance I thought I would get. Um, But I I just think the writing is so terrific here, and he's given so much material. I think this is Tarantino's best drawn character. character. One of his best
1: characters, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's so lovable. He's so yeah. lovable and so stupid and flawed, but like, oh, you just, I just, I, I, I always kind of take the, the Cliff Booth position where I just want to give him a hug. It's like, dude, calm down. It's going to be all right. Right. And I just love, I love seeing where that character goes. And I just love seeing how, <laughs> where his story ultimately ends up mm. and how he uh, sort of ironically well, does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, by the way, my favorite scene in the movies when he's talking to the girl.
0: Oh, incredible yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Did you think Tarantino was capable of going to that gear, though? Nah, maybe not. You know, I, that's, I, I think, a volume he's never he's never went up to. Mm-hmm. Or went down to, I should yeah. say. You know? The, I don't remember the last young child kid. In a movie? In maybe? one of his movies. Maybe the daughter in Kill Bill? Nah. Is there a kid in Inglorious Bastards? No, there's, uh, I mean... <sighs> He doesn't really write these types of characters all that often, but that's a real sweet sentimental scene. What about Young Butch in Pulp Fiction? I guess oh, sure, Young Butch. Of course. <laughs> Watch up the ass. That's... <laughs> but that's a yeah, that's a boy that doesn't speak in yeah. the movie. Yeah, I so that's just a really tender intimate level for him. Um yep, I agree. Yeah. It's an it's really an incredible performance. I I would recommend if you haven't listened I think I recommended this a few weeks ago. Tarantino runs the New Beverly Cinema in LA. Uh, That's his movie house that he bought out and he programs every night. Um, The New Beverly did a podcast with Tarantino and it's three and a half hours long. And he goes through each film that he scheduled for that month of screenings. So he goes like July 1st, July 2nd and talks about why he chose that movie and the importance of that movie. And... Each movie comes from the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood era, Mm -hmm. because it was leading up to the release of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And he gets into Leo's character, Rick Dalton, and talks about what these films say about him. And I could not believe the specificity that Tarantino used to talk about... Oh, so you see, Rick was on this long-running TV show from 1964 to 1967, and he got nominated for a few Emmys or whatever, But and he got some respect, but he never really quite made it, and then he did a few movies, and the movie career kind of tanked, and he was referencing all these contemporaries of his, Mm -hmm. and I was like, wait a minute, this isn't a real person? Yep. He spoke about Rick Dalton as though he was a real guy, as though he had his Wikipedia biography in front of him. Mm And I think I said this on the podcast as well. In preparation for this movie, Tarantino wrote six episodes of Bounty Law, six episodes. And he's like not going to use them for anything unless he like makes the TV show for Netflix. But he just wrote them as a writing exercise to get into the spirit of Rick Dalton. Yeah. It is so well fleshed out. Um, so like to say that it's a great Leo performance, it is definitely a great Leo performance. Yeah. But he just has a ton of material, and it's oh, okay. important. important to point that out. It's a great character. It's, yeah, one of one of Tarantino's best characters,
1: in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But Cliff Booth is also great. Or Brad Pitt's also great. It's just this cool, lovable guy that yeah. everyone who I saw it with, like, it, that was their favorite character. Yeah. At least, and I don't blame him. I mean, Brad Pitt is actually quite good in this, too. Mm. I, I honestly think Leo is
0: just that much better, though. I, I was, like, floored by Leo. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a harder performance, right? Yeah
2: i've never seen him effectively cry you guys remember that moment in inception when his wife you know oh comes out of the building here when he's supposed to be crying he doesn't cry <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> when he's playing an actor when he's talking about his craft oh he can cry then okay mm-hmm. <laughs> right <laughs> it's a little t-
1: little telling right. right yeah that's also a christopher nolan film though so that's your yeah, that's first true. problem that's, that's uh <laughs> <true>. <laughs> where nobody ever cries effectively very robotic so, yes yeah.
2: Yeah, that's a fair <laughs> point.
0: I'll give you that. One point, Adam. Congratulations, <laughs> you landed your first hit. You landed your first jab. Congratulations. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I think both of them can win the Oscar. Maybe. Mm. I think they'll both be. Cont- I think they'll definitely both get nominated.
2: Don't forget the girl. Yes. Yeah, sh- supporting actress.
0: Mm. <laughs> Ooh. Talk to me about Margot. Margot. Go ahead, you Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Oh. No, she's fine, yeah, I mean, for as little as she was there, it's just she's you know, very I, angelic, very you know,
1: I like what she represents in the film better mm-hmm. than like her as a character i i like again, I can't if I talked to Margot Robbie about it, I wouldn't know what to say. I'd be like, I'd be like, you're fine in the movie. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, End of conversation. (laughs) Were you bothered by the little speaking parts? That's another one of the I'm shutting
2: down your hypothesis, Nico. (laughs) (laughs) What a
1: great quote.
0: (laughs) I reject your hypothesis.
2: Oh that was it. Yes. Yeah, please
0: do it as David Lynch.
2: (laughs) I reject your fucking hypothesis. (laughs) Thank you. Good job. Get real.
0: Get real.
1: What'd you think about that criticism?
0: (laughs) three young dudes talking on a podcast
1: <laughs> uh i i don't have any criticism with it she is what she is mm. i i don't i don't know what to talk
0: about with her other than the fact that she's just kind of
3: fine
0: beautiful yeah she's oh of course she is do you think she should have been given more material
1: mm, i like like it, the movie keeps to that like fairy tale notion and that's to me something about her giving less lines actually adds to it a bit I don't know how to explain it other than that it just kind of she feels more mythical in a way because yeah. she's given less lines. So I actually
0: don't mind it.
3: Mm.
0: Yeah. Why? I agree with you. OK. Yeah, I do. Uh, I find those criticisms to actually be in bad faith mm-hmm. and just like not well thought out. Yeah, And that really bothers me when it's like cultural critic wants to cause a stir. <laughs> so he's she's like, huh? Tarantino didn't give the woman a lot of speaking lines. It's like, but can we look about this? You know, can we think about this in context for a second? Like, can we ask why was she not given speaking lines? Was that intentional? Was that unintentional? I mean, she's still in the movie for a long time. She's one of the three main characters and she has, I would say probably 45 minutes to an hour's worth of screen time. Mm -hmm. So to say that the fact that she doesn't talk a lot is, is somehow sexist. No, I reject that. I think like you can learn a lot about a character when they don't talk. And I certainly felt like I learned a lot about Sharon Tate. Or, as you said quite eloquently, the idea of Sharon Tate and what Sharon Tate represents. Yes. Yeah, she's supposed to be angelic. She's,
2: do you understand the criticism lobbied against him because of the fact it's him? And he's, he's kind of, what do the kids say, problematic? At
0: some I, <laughs> I think they were looking to pick a fight, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think I think those critics were looking to pick a fight.
2: Yeah, I don't think it's unwarranted, but I, I do kind of agree with you.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I OK, so I have OK, I am with people when they say Tarantino is a little weird on race. Mm-hmm. I'm with them on that. Uh, with the liberal use of the n word, do you see the sign that sounds?
2: <laughs> <laughs> "Christ,
0: uh, boy, oh boy"? With, with all that, like I'm with you guys on that. Um, I'm not with the Tarantino is sexist crowd. I don't. Uh, I don't understand that. Yeah, I don't really. get that at all. I mean, if you've seen Kill Bill, it's very hard for me to wrap my head around that <laughs> criticism. You know, well, the main criticism was the Jennifer Jason Leigh and Hateful Eight oh, yeah, thing. Yeah. Where she got, but again, look at that character in context, like she was a murderous criminal, yes, vigilante from the law that poisoned many of our heroes mm-hmm. and the idea of that movie is that Jennifer Jason Lee could be just as evil, just as conniving as the other seven men in the room with her. Mm-hmm. Like that was the point, yes, you know, and now again, if you don't buy that idea, whatever, but i I wouldn't call his portrayal of Jennifer Jason Lee ill-intentioned no i disagree i I don't think that was problematic in this case again it's a story about rick dalton and cliff booth Mm -hmm. it's their story he in other movies he chose he chooses to tell the female story sure in this movie it wasn't so much about sharon tate it was those on the fringes of sharon tate um and again like i thought it was a really touching portrayal of her character Mm -hmm. watching her in the theater along with the crowd laughing at those moments when she's on... What's the name of that movie? The Dean Martin movie? Uh,
2: the Something Right? The I right actually,
0: Way? I don't something remember. Like that. Oh, let me look that up right now. Um, the Wrecking Crew. Oh, yes. okay, okay. Okay, yeah, The Wrecking Crew. Interesting. She's watching herself on screen and the audience is laughing and she's getting joy out of it. It's like... Fuck yeah, man! Sharon Tate matters. Yeah. It's like in this moment, Sharon Tate. Ma- she's playing this bit character. It's basically a cameo in this movie, and people love her, and people find joy in her, and that's the power of film. So mm. who cares if she's not talking? That's fine. Like that is the. Li- I really don't understand that criticism. I don't
1: get it. No, I don't get it either. I I, I would understand a criticism where it's like, yeah, Sharon Tate matters. Why is the scene still going on? <laughs> oh.
3: <laughs>
2: Why does Why does Kurt Russell's narration pop in one minute, go away for an hour and a half, and then come back for ten minutes at the end?
1: It's like, it's like small fries, I guess. But like the 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 Family Guy esque flashback sequences, yeah. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Didn't work at all for me. The movies also, and people were telling me that the movies really, really funny. I kind of disagree. I didn't find it to be as funny as people. Except were for Leo, that's it. Yeah, Leo's great. But the movie was not like laugh out loud at all. And I mean, I don't really, again, not really, I don't really care if the movie wants to be funny or not, but it's just like, oh yeah, that's, that wasn't what I expected. You know?
0: We all love pussy. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. I thought it was very funny. Mm,
3: I I did. I thought it was
0: very funny. And again, the Bruce Lee scene I was dying at. Yeah. I, I just love any guy that makes sounds when he fights I just find that very amusing <laughs> I like people who make sounds when they're playing sports yes like Roger Federer no it's not no action doll is the guy that goes uh, uh, I was watching ten. Wimbledon uh, oh uh, they all do that uh, no Federer uh,
3: doesn't
1: uh, it sounds like fucking turtles having sex oh, which is the greatest uh, sound ever Jabril you ever uh, heard
0: turtles having sex
2: no I have to hear what
0: Ooh. yo <laughs> play it right now if you're like into meditation <laughs> Okay, yes. <laughs> I would recommend like just popping this in the old headphones there. Okay. This is the
1: worst thing I've ever heard.
0: Uh, you weirdo. I'll play it in a second. No, I thought it was a very funny movie. I did. Uh, I'm mm. with you on the narration part, actually. I thought that was a little weird. Yeah. Yeah. So that mm-hmm. was Kurt Russell? Yes, of yeah. course it was. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. A little strange. Here we go. Okay. This is the Turtles Having Sex. Wait for it. He's approaching. The courting uh, is just beginning. It's a little rough. It takes a while. as turtle sex is. <laughs> Hashtag me too.
3: <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh god. <laughs>
1: Oh, man. Oh, God. It's so uncomfortable. (laughs) You fucking... I'm
0: not sure what I like more. That sound or the soundtrack to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood?
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. The soundtrack's pretty good.
0: Mm. No, Pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty good. It ain't bad. Dude. Yeah, I liked it blaring it in the headphones every day of course it's been the soundtrack to my life jesus how long can you suck tarantino's dick <laughs>
1: <laughs> he sucked it 37 times
0: in a row <laughs> dude this song bring a little lovin discovered through this movie yep. incredible uh, did not know i like neil diamond Really did not know until literally this movie. And I'm like, oh, turns out Neil Diamond doesn't just have that one song that I can't stand. <laughs> Great. Um here's what I loved. And I don't think um it's 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 difficult to pick up on this if you're not like familiar with some of the original versions of these songs. He uses a lot of covers. Yes. Most of the songs used are covers. Um he uses this cover of uh of Keep Me Hanging On Mm -hmm. uh, the Supreme song and it's like this band called Vanilla Fudge who had one hit and it was a cover of Keep Me Hanging On it's like an incredible version of that song he doesn't use the Mamas and Papas version of California Dreamin he uses this guy uh, Jose Feliciano I think his name is Jose Feliciano right Um, another incredible cover however the Mamas and Papas are featured in the movie In the Playboy Mansion scene. Oh. The Mamas and Papas appear in that scene, and they also use the song, I think it's called 1230, by the Mamas and Papas, a real deep cut song of theirs, in that scene where where, uh, uh, Sharon Tate picks up the hitchhiker. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was really interesting that Tarantino didn't use the original versions, because it's a movie about the B-list celebrity, not the A-lister. Sure. It's like, it's... It's Rick Dalton, not quite Steve McQueen. It's Jose Feliciano, it's not quite the Mamas and Papas. It's Vanilla Fudge, not quite the Supremes okay. and Diana Ross.
2: And this movie's a remix. Yeah, As a, I a remix of real life.
0: Right. So you have a few, like hit songs. You have like Mrs. Robinson in there and, and Hush, and yeah, like Deep Purple and yeah, and a few but but those songs though are not played. With the records, they're played over the radio. Yes. And they use the original radio broadcasts. That's correct. Uh, I think it's WKHJ, mm-hmm. the real Don Steele. <laughs> I know that because I've been listening to the soundtrack, and the soundtrack includes the, the excerpts radio, from yeah. the radio. Yeah. So Tarantino is very meticulous about the song choices, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, he's always been that way since Pulp Fiction, really. Yeah. Um, and like the dude is just great at music supervision. And I love the soundtrack so much, and I think it, it's not just, oh, this song sounds cool in this place, let me use this to pick up the energy of this scene or bring down the energy of that scene. It's just, it, it's purposeful and it's intentional. Yep. Well. And I would recommend listening to the soundtrack. because I listen to the soundtrack too. Amazing! So. Very good. Yeah. What was your favorite song
1: you used? Mm, I don't know. Bring a Little Lovin'. What do you think, Jabril? I don't I don't know.
2: Used to you, Mrs. Robinson.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the best song, probably. Yeah. Probably. I love that song. <laughs> There's this song, Mr. Sun, Mr. Moon, that Sherry Tate was dancing to in the Playboy Mansion. Oh yeah.
1: Loved it. A little weird. I've listened to that one. It's like it's like kind of disco-y. I don't
0: like that kind of stuff. I don't know. Um <laughs> What else do we have to but say? But you know what that they didn't really use again, he didn't use like the besides Simon and Garfunkel, there were no Beatles songs. No. He could have yeah. easily used Beatles songs, chose not to. Mm-hmm. Could have easily played, he only had one Rolling Stone song in there. Yeah, that's true. So it wasn't like the, um, like what Scorsese might have done. Right. So
2: No Charles Manson songs, oddly enough. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I don't think oddly enough.
2: <laughs> who
1: who did he? Who was he affiliated with? Was it the Bee Gees or the the Beach Boys?
2: Beach Boys. Okay, it was the Beach Boys. All right, all right. Because yeah, Dennis Wilson and he were uh, were pretty tight. <laughs>
0: That's and so Dennis Wilson's Brian Wilson's brother. Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: That is so fucking weird.
0: And Dennis Wilson put him in touch with the record producer. Yes. That owned the Sharon Tate house mm-hmm. before Roman Polanski. Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. It's all Dennis Wilson's fault.
0: (laughs) Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) The
1: fucking Beach Boys. It's always always comes back to the Beach Boys. Man, we should. I want to see a movie that just demonizes the shit out of the Beach Boys. Yes. I guess that's kind of what Top Secret does in a funny way.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Dude, you got to hear this version of "You Keep Me Hanging On," (laughs) Vanilla Fudge. I just want to play this for people. Oh boy! It's just like thirty seconds of it this has been I think this is my favorite song in the the movie (laughs) Vanilla what a great band name by the way soundtrack. Yeah, it's pretty good.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I I'm not digging your lack of enthusiasm right now, you 2 I'm not digging I like it. 60s
2: music. I like 60s music. And <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm I don't have
1: it's I don't have that much more to say really.
0: Yeah. I mean I, This is really upsetting. It's <laughs> No, the
1: movie's good, dude. This just hurts we, me. We saw good we all saw a good movie in the theaters. We yeah. just I, I will also I would also like to say the sequences where they're filming the the western are wonderful. Awesome! I love that stuff. And then I, uh, I honestly, and this is gonna sound weird, but one of my favorite performances in the movie is actually Timothy Oliphant. Yeah, yes. he's really good. He's excellent. Mm-hmm. He's actually really fucking good, and he's gonna get overlooked. And it's just oh, he's awesome. Well, awesome. he's basically
2: think- playing
0: his Deadwood character, right? Yeah.
2: I was gonna say, do you think Nico, Do you think he watches? Uh, do you think he's ever watched Deadwood or Justified,
0: Tarantino? <laughs> uh, oh, for think. sure. Yeah, mm. that's, that's right up his alley for sure. Yeah, that's, yeah. he's basically been playing a variation of this character. I forgot yes. about Justified. Yeah, it's mm. basically the same character. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Timothy Oliphant is uh, is like the Western guy. Mm-hmm. He's like our modern-day uh, Rick Dalton. <laughs> Who is him? Timothy Oliphant, yeah. I don't know about that. Yeah. Clint Eastwood, man. No, he's not Clint Eastwood. No, no. Kind no. of. And today- Timothy
2: Oliphant? In Justified.
1: Kind of. See, I've never seen Justified. Good. Mm. good I love Tim. I actually kind of love Timothy Elephant and everything he's in. He's an underrated mm-hmm. guy on my list. Um, he was in that movie Go that
0: you haven't seen. From Go. I love Ooh, Go Go's so
2: good. You seen Go? Yes. Doug Liman! So good. Woo! <laughs> Go. I haven't seen Swingers, but I've seen Go. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I think that? I
3: like
1: Go better. What was one movie that you you and I? we were were discussing this. I was like kind of amazed that you hadn't seen it. There's there's always a few
2: seven samurai. (laughs) Well, no,
1: I I understand why some people haven't seen that, but that now, how generous uh, of you, by the way, uh, yeah,
0: to be forgiving of the fact that Jabril and I have not sat through a three hour (laughs) Japanese. I'm seeing that tomorrow
2: night. So that will be,
0: Oh, you're going to watch it.
2: Yes, finally.
1: All right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm making you watch the best movie ever made. stop. so uh yeah
0: um like yeah talk to me about bruce Dern. (laughs) why well i'll tell you why so that was supposed to be burt reynolds oh oh okay yeah Yeah. interesting that that that's a great what if because i think putting burt in that role says a lot more than putting bruce Dern in that role
1: well well burt reynolds is i mean I mean, Rick Dalton is supposed to be Burt Reynolds, essentially, right? That's who he's based off
0: of. Not really. I think so. Yeah. Burt. That's what I thought. I know Tarantino referenced a lot of like contemporary guys who I I, I couldn't tell you their names, but that were sort of supporting actors mm-hmm. on and off TV were around the the periphery,
2: orbited Steve McQueen, but yeah, never yeah. really
0: got there. Um,
2: I I think Was Reynolds a TV star. Prior to being a film actor, I think he was, right? Who? Reynolds, Burt Reynolds. Oh, is Burt he Reynolds TV? on TV? I don't know. Because I know he did an Italian Western, so. Uh,
0: which Western? Would Navajo Joe, I think it's called. Hmm. Never seen. Who did that?
2: I think it was uh, the Sergio Carbucci. Oh, what's that Carbucci. Did... I believe so.
0: Yeah, because <laughs> Carbucci is referenced
1: a lot in this movie. Mm-hmm. I, just, I just want to say one of my favorite inside jokes, one something that I was like laughing out loud in the movie with. Um, I don't think anyone else would have picked up on, aside from like maybe us, was when they're referencing filmmakers that are making movies with um, uh, Rick Dalton, and they say Antonio Margariti, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my god,
0: yes, Antonio Margariti. Well, they reference Corbucci as the second best Italian Western filmmaker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that a lot.
2: Oh, that was good stuff.
0: Yeah, I love that whole... See, I'm surprised you didn't like that Pacino scene. Because all that stuff was really interesting film theory. You know? the Because the, I love the whole thing where he's like, yeah, you notice that they've been casting you as the villain? Mm-hmm. And the hero always kills you off and... That's to signify to the audience that the new hero has arrived and Mm -hmm. they can move on I don't know if it I guess part of the reason it's not as
1: interesting to me is because I I, you know, I had film classes (laughs) Like (laughs) I don't know that 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 kind of stuff is just sort of like like yeah I know I get that that's how that's just how movies work and that's how they filter out their stars and it's like It's too bad, but you know just what it is.
0: It's always been that way Corbucci did do Navajo Joe by the way. Oh, there you go And burt reynolds did star in it. There you go. So there you go um yeah, I think putting Burt in that would have uh, been a more powerful statement about the decline of the Hollywood megastar and this changing of the guard. And um, Bruce Dern is not like a huge household name. That's the problem, right? He was, though. At a certain time, sure. Yeah. I think he was a respected character actor and, yeah, I mean, was a pretty big star. But today, no one knows who Bruce Dern is. No. Kids know who Burt Reynolds is. Sure. So I think there's yeah, sure. like there's there's this baggage that comes along with it. And that was supposed to, I think, be the emotional gut punch of that scene. Mm-hmm. It's that this old uh this this old Hollywood is on its last legs. It is it's blind, it's laying in bed, going through the motions of life, watching LA Law on Saturday nights and yeah. not doing much of anything else. Putting, a b- yeah. yeah, putting putting Bruce Dern on life support is not the same as putting Burt Reynolds on life support. Yeah, you know that's true. Someone who has all the money
1: in the world and ends up what, what was what was he worth at the end? Five million dollars or something? Burt Reynolds. Oh, that's right. We did play that game, didn't we? That's nuts <laughs> that he's worth that much. But
0: that is a true story, right? With the Spawn Ranch, that guy George Spawn. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Mm-hmm. That actually happened. Yeah, there's a lot of historical accuracies. I think <laughs> most of it is historically accurate. Well. <laughs>
1: Except for the big part at the end. Yeah, other than that, where, where they all get fucking, you know, viciously murdered by Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> and his dog. Great dog. Oh, great movie dog. We have another great movie dog. I'm so happy to say that.
0: Yeah, for sure. By
1: the way, two movies I've seen in a row where the dog doesn't die. I was very happy. I've been very pleased. Yeah, because yeah, in Crawl, uh, the dog does not die, which
0: surprised the hell out of me. You want to do like two minutes on Crawl for me? <laughs> have you seen Crawl, Jabril? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, not oh, too bad. Crawl's dope.
1: Crawl <laughs> is fucking awesome. It is. There's nothing special about the movie. Really? <laughs> there's nothing. It's, it's, it's not, it's you, you, I, you, you wouldn't dare call it a great movie, it's just a fun creature feature that's a f- very well crafted and well done and tense and it's awesome and it's violent but tastefully so and with some just awesome performances, it's a great little contained thriller and I t- told you about this much in the vein of like don't breathe mm-hmm. it's just it's just it's one of those movies that it's very 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 simple and it just kind of works. Don't if you go into it knowing that it is just a simple creature feature, get out of this place safely, kind of an ordeal. Mm. You'd love it. It's a great time at the theater. I thought it was awesome. Not many good crocodile movies. It's an alligator movie, actually. No, I'm sorry.
0: Get it. Fucking is Lake right. Placid an alligator? It's or a crocodile. crocodile. You dumb mother. Oh, so they're in different subgenres. <laughs> well, yeah. So, Crawl truly is the only great alligator movie of all time. Yeah. And wow. Lake Placid is the best movie ever made. Okay, I'll have to see yes. crawl. <laughs> I saw Toy Story 4 this weekend. Oh, we haven't talked about like Oh, yeah. Ditch.
1: Yeah, uh, we have not talked about Toy Story Ooh. 4. Yeah, because he has thoughts too. Mr. Jabril over here. <laughs> Talk to me. Talk to me. <laughs> <laughs>
3: kinda,
2: kinda, eh. Ah! Kind of. Kind of. Eh. I will say, I will say I welled up. Once or twice, but still, eh. It just, it, it just felt so superfluous. I just, I don't know. It, I it it was fine. It was a good time. I had fun, but like it should have ended with three. It didn't need to happen, man. You know? Sure, I'm not like mad at Jabril. Miko
0: seems mad at Jabril. Yeah,
2: go for it. Come come at me, bro. Come, <laughs> come
0: at me, bro. Dude, a grown man should not be crying at a fucking Pixar movie in the theater. Exactly, and your boy here <laughs> cried twice, dude. Quite Cried, and I was with a lady in the theater, and I you was know what like, I cried at? "Please don't look." <laughs> See, I'm on your side.
1: I I love the movie, but mm. I I completely understand why someone would come out of it and be like, "Yeah, we didn't
0: need that." It's no, like- I no, I I understand that criticism. And yeah. I think before seeing the movie, I I certainly had that criticism. Mm-hmm. Um, but I cannot deny. Again, I was I was with a woman and i did not want to cry in front of a woman um but i did and so like that means it's a good movie <laughs> <laughs> yes that
1: alone makes it a good movie on
0: that criteria yeah i thought the um spoiler alert for toy story 4 when um when when buzz says she'll be okay yes really yes. great Bonnie will be okay yes oh my
2: yeah that got me
0: oh my when Buzz and Woody hug at the end, saying goodbye to infinity and beyond? Ah! Like, the saddest thing since Schindler's List I think I've ever seen. Since Schindler's Wow. Haven't cried that much after a movie since Schindler's List. Damn. That's it right there.
1: I haven't cried that much after a movie since, I don't know, Midsummer.
2: I was about to say, yeah, that was... <laughs>
0: Oh, by the way, defend your fu- defend your ass, Gabriel. You shouldn't be on this damn podcast right I st- now. I still have to make a statement about my feelings
1: towards this and in reference to Midsummer. Why
0: didn't we ban this dude from the podcast after highly recommending that we see Midsummer? Well, Nico, if I'm being honest, I'm probably
1: gonna end up seeing Midsummer again before seeing Once Upon a Time in yeah. Hollywood again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I'm being totally honest with you, you guys are yeah.
0: sociopaths. Uh,
1: yes. <laughs> yep. And don't get me wrong. Like, like, with the hit is still out on Jabril. He's gonna die eventually. We're gonna kill him. He's just, it, it, it's gonna happen. But um, we're <laughs> the... the plane ride is booked to Sweden. So maybe it's maybe it's good that he didn't come here in per- person because we just would have strangled him with one of these cords around here. He would have. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> but uh, uh, I I think that, that movie will grow it on me to be like yeah you know what I love that crazy fucked up horrible movie mm.
2: hmm. I like Hereditary much more but I do like Midsummer oh back. yeah no no
1: it's a it's an amazing both are incredible <laughs> don't get me wrong
2: <laughs>
1: um yeah y'all are crazy <laughs> um, <laughs> it might be my number one of the year uh, Midsummer uh, ironically it could be my number one <laughs> um, until
2: until. Yeah.
1: lighthouse. Oh my god, the Ooh.
0: lighthouse. Can we talk about that for the rest of the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Can we wrap up once upon a time in Hollywood yeah, 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 we'll yeah, go yeah. on all these side yeah. jags cuz okay. yeah, I want to have yeah. these conversation. Okay. Yeah. Um look, we're we're not going to see eye to eye. Um I love this world. I love hanging out in Tarantino world. Mm-hmm. Um I was impressed by the range. I loved how some scenes felt a little underwritten. And sure. not overwritten. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, so that. when you guys say that the movie's indulgent, okay, maybe it takes a little while to get going, but I've seen indulgent Tarantino before, and this ain't it, man. Mm. Like I, I've seen far worse. Um, it's not very talky. There's not a lot of monologues. It, it's a movie that has a lot of chill and has a lot of atmosphere, and just as an LA movie, yep, um, the sense oh. of place that it has. I agree. When you drive with Brad Pitt from Rick Dalton's. Beverly Hills home to the other side of LA to the back of that drive-in. It's like, I understand exactly the geography of this city (laughs) and I understand what it's supposed to say about these characters. Yes. Um, I really don't think anybody is as good at creating atmosphere in place as Tarantino is right now. Right now. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put anybody else in terms of just like, this is the room. Not like Denis Villeneuve. Mm in terms of this is the room this is the space i'm looking at a desk to my left i'm looking at a doorway to my right and understanding where you are in relation to what's happening tarantino is the best for my money okay um and i I just think as a work of direction it's an incredibly shot movie yes just a really good technical achievement robert richardson dude the dude is awesome he's been around forever it's um and yeah it's just wonderful as you said i want leo to win the oscar again Mm -hmm. you know this is why they shouldn't have given it to him for the revenant yeah that's why that was such a stupid because just like Mm -hmm. wait a second yeah everybody's like oh when's leo gonna get his oscar name me the movie he should have won for man yes i don't i haven't seen it yet what it oh god and this would have felt
1: much more special god if i'm like it's hard for me to imagine like he, he could win. No, I'm serious.
0: He could, yeah. he could win
1: for this. Absolutely. I mean,
0: is there any other contender at this moment? No, not until Tom Hanks plays Fred Rogers. Though. Oh Jesus. <laughs> Jesus Christ!
3: If
1: they
0: give it to Tom Hanks for Mister <laughs> 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 <Mr>. Fucking Rogers.
3: God. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: I mean, it's been obviously an incredibly weak movie year. Um, so <sighs> yeah this this movie will be poised to do very well. I think. Yes,
1: yeah. I agree. I don't know how well it's going to play. It's it, with audiences, though.
2: You know what's sad, though? What? It opened at number two. Red Light of Media brought this up. I I just realized it opened up at number two. Lion King is still number one. Mm. Ugh. That's that's just really sad.
1: <laughs> Have you seen the Lion King? No. Yeah, I did. I know. Mm. I
2: heard. Mm. <laughs> C
1: plus. It no no I didn't give it a I'm not giving it a C plus it's like I a, heard
2: that I thought you gave it I a think C. you
1: gave it a C plus did I give it a C? Yeah, no did. I thought well, I yeah. gave it like a solid C no no it was a C minus no, it was a C
2: minus no you gave it a C plus no almost a B that's I, almost a B no, you gave it almost a passing grade
1: I'm almost positive it was like a C or a C minus we have to
0: look this up no we don't yes, I we don't do. care that much <laughs> <laughs> I do because if I gave it a C plus I'm going to kill myself I would say check the tape but I will not be checking the tape on that. <laughs>
2: I'll check and report back. <laughs> All right. Thank you. <laughs> um,
0: so I just like, again, think it's a wonderful movie and it's one that I'll revisit a lot. And I'm, I was about to see it a couple days ago and my plans fell through, but I, I'm going to see this at least once or twice more in the theater. That's special to me.
1: I think it's a good movie. I I have no desire to go and see it again. Unfortunately.
2: Um, I will see it again. I liked it. I'm not a big Tarantino fan. I think, uh, self-indulgent a little vain and i think I, I think he's a very important filmmaker and i think it's nice to see an auteur's vision on the biggest screen getting such a wide release because we don't get that that much anymore but i agree it wasn't perfect but uh yeah,
1: yeah. I, I i come at this and i i was telling jabril about this it's like i i say i it's another one of those movies i appreciate it tremendously. <laughs> it, can I? Does that speak for my overall enjoyment of the film? Not exactly, mm. but but I'm glad it exists. So yeah. yeah,
0: there it is. I'm also very glad that it exists. Okay, so we can agree <laughs> on that. <laughs>
1: I'm very happy it exists. Did
0: you do a Tarantino ranking by the way?
1: Uh, well, I could do it right now. Uh, I guess I'll go Death Proof, Hateful Eight, this. Uh uh-huh. uh. <laughs> Inglorious Bastards, Kill Bill. Well, I guess I'm throwing them together. Um, uh, Jackie Brown, um, Django Unchained, and then Pulp Fiction Reservoir Dogs. I don't know.
2: All right. I still need to see Jackie Brown and Hateful Eight and Glorious cool. Bastards and Kill Bill Volume Two. I still need in-
1: to see. Inglorious Bastards is way too low on my list, but it's, it's it's a great movie. It's just one that I I can't. It, love. Yeah,
0: it's one of those movies. It's yeah. where I, I have a few of those too, where mm-hmm. it's like I acknowledge it is brilliant, yeah. but I can't get into it. Yeah. You you look
1: at my list, it's like yeah, exactly. It's like I just so happen like listening to my list. You have to understand that Inglorious Bastards placement on the list. It probably shouldn't be there. It's very personal to me. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. It should it should be high. It should, honestly it should probably be above Jackie Brown and Kill Bill, but I'm
0: a weirdo. Um, I go. Man, it's so early to rank Once Upon a Time, um, but I'll try anyway. Don't put it in the top three. I'll go Death Proof at nine. I'll okay. go Kill Bill two at eight. I'll Whoa. Go, I'll go Kill Bill one at seven. I'll go Hateful Eight at six. Jeez. I'll go Jackie Brown at five. Django at four, Inglorious Bastards. Now we'll go. Okay, we'll go Inglorious Bastards three, Pulp Fiction Two, Reservoir Dogs One, and then let's put Once Upon a Time in Hollywood right under Inglorious and right over Django. Okay. Mm. That's where it goes for me. Okay. As of now, a week later, a week removed from the movie, that's where I would put it. All right.
2: Yeah, I think I'm it's gonna... a special movie. I'm going to rank what I've seen. I'll say Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, number five, uh, Pulp Fiction, four. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Well, that That's would fine.
0: explain a lot. You don't like Pulp Fiction. All
2: right, that it's does. fine. I <laughs> feel like I've seen it. Again, I feel like I've seen it a hundred times. You no, know, right. I haven't. Um, <laughs> now, that, Kill that Bill, does say a lot. Yeah. Kill Bill, sorry. Kill Bill, uh, volume one, number three, Django, two, and then Reservoir Dogs, one.
0: Okay. Well, we agree yeah. on that. Reservoir yeah. Dogs is fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Okay, let's talk about the lighthouse. <laughs> oh yeah, the lighthouse.
2: <laughs> oh, I can't fucking wait. I love the mm. witch. I love the witch. Have you seen the witch, Nico? Have you seen the witch?
0: I've not seen the
1: witch. See the, the witch. The witch is maybe my favorite film of 2016. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's phenomenal. It's actually that's a masterpiece of horror. Mm-hmm. I think it's brilliant. Nick hates it because he he hates The Shining. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that movie is just glorious and just uh, you want a film that just captures an atmosphere that is just oh my god, relentless and uncomfortable and freaky. It's just like, oh, that movie is incredible.
0: Um pardon me. Oh my god. Is the witch spelled the, the- V V I T C H?
2: Yes. Yes, that is a period appropriate spelling yes. for the witch. Yes.
0: All right. Not okay. The V Not into that. That is strike one against the vavitch You're an idiot. <laughs> Two strikes to go. Oh my God. Uh Robert Eggers directs the lighthouse though. Mm-hmm. Um and The Witch is an A twenty four movie, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So this is another one of those A twenty four four by three ratio, aspect ratio movies. Is it? It is. it is oh yeah. the lighthouse is the lighthouse is yeah. talking about the witch yeah, yeah. Mm. um is it just me or are we all kind of getting sick and tired of the four by three aspect ratio you, i mean it used to be it the th- what? what do you mean i'm kind of sick of it why i'm no, i'm just kind of sick of a24 using that as shorthand for oh we're so artsy and creative
2: mm. have we seen a lot of a24 movies with that framing the yeah. lighthouse is like
0: I don't know. Uh yeah, reformed, like First Reformed, First Reformed. I've not seen that. Okay. It's 4 by Incredible, actually a great use of the 4x3. Mm. But um
1: don't you know it's another good use of the 4x3. Uh the Don't gr- say Grand Budapest Buda Hotel. 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 Don't say that.
0: Uh <laughs> well, not talk about that. Um Ghost Story, you seen Ghost Story? Oh, I didn't oh, see that. Uh, you loved it?
2: No, no, I'm saying I want to. Oh, it's you really want good. to but you haven't. Yes. Oh,
0: I didn't see it. Um that's a movie that I hated when I first saw it and uh, the more I've thought about it, the more it's just resonated with me. It's really good. Okay. Um yeah, I'm just sick and tired of that being shorthand. I feel like A twenty four is doing that a lot. I feel like there's one more that I'm missing. <laughs> do you just feel like they're hip- being hipsters and Yeah, it feels kind of like a hipster yeah, choice. They're not
2: producing these films, right? They're just buying these films that feel like they're in their they're not their but they're, they're uh, distributor, basically, right? That's I what they do.
0: I really have no idea. You might be right though. Yeah. I doubt it. I doubt it. No, I think I think they probably financed this yeah. one I could, because they've worked with Robert Eggers in the past. No, some but, they've acquired, but I don't think they're just a distribution company. I think they're a full-on production house. Um, because
2: I know they're producing that show, Euphoria, with Zendaya on HBO right now. I quite like
0: good, that. by the way. Yeah. Is it quite good? Lots of penises. <laughs> you, you told us that. Lots of dicks. Dicks aplenty. <laughs> well, I got to
1: watch it now. <laughs> <laughs> uh Lovely, though. They're lovely dicks, shot in a very uh, interesting way. Are they as lovely as the penis in Roma?
2: Yes. Or in (laughs) Midsummer. summer. Oh, no. Uh. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
0: Yeah, The Lighthouse <laughs> is one of those movies where it's like, I have no idea what this is about, but sign me up. It, yes. I love what you said about like Nosferatu.
1: Because I, it, it's funny because he was going to do a Nosferatu remake, and then that just fell through for whatever reason. And then he's now he's doing this. <laughs> it just seems like the same thing anyway. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, the way it's shot, it's like very jankily oh recorded, gosh. right? It
1: looks beautiful, though. Yeah. It looks so good. I was just like, oh, and it looks like it has, like, Lovecraftian shit going on in it. And I'm just like, this is going to be amazing. Mm. Oh, I can't wait. I cannot wait. You
2: did. And you did. And you did. As someone who
1: is a big fan of Suspiria, too, like, this is like, oh, give I me. I need a- to see that, by the way. You, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I love You'll
2: it. you love it.
1: <laughs> there's nothing better. <laughs> than, there's nothing more fun for me than trying to figure out whether or not Nico's going to like a movie. <laughs> Especially movies like Suspiria I feel like I'm pretty damn predictable though kind of I mean It's I feel like it's another movie that you probably won't like but I hope that you would at least appreciate I mean it's just so out there I mean it's so bizarre and fucked
0: up and but like Honestly like like it kind of made me cry at the end (laughs) The trailers looked horrifying Um, So did not want to go through that journey there is a sequence with someone trapped in a
1: room with reflective, you know, with mirrors everywhere and she's being shall we say controlled by people on the outside and it's one of the most horrifying yet amazing sequences I've ever seen in a movie.
0: Okay. It's it's rough, but you'll you'll know it when you see it. <laughs> um Robert Pattinson, by the way. Mm. Making great choices lately. Gibriel, mm-hmm. did you see Good Time?
2: No, I need to. Oh! oh damn. God, damn it. Oh. Oh, you would love it.
1: Good Time! Good Time is... It is good time? It's a, it's a great time. Well, man. not exactly. It's actually really fucking depressing. I'd <laughs> <laughs> I had a blast. No, it's great. But uh, one of the few movies where I don't mind that visual style.
3: Mm.
0: right yeah the uber close-up claustrophobic look yeah yeah it actually a lot of handheld it actually made sense to me in that movie yeah so um yeah robert pattinson after twilight mm-hmm. has sort of become one of the most interesting leading men in hollywood yeah like by a mile like the choices that he makes are so out there but he works with awesome people he's playing batman which is also kind of depressing to me. Yeah. I don't like that he's, that they got him back. Yeah. I feel like we, we got Robert Pattinson on our team and now he's selling out for the, for the big guys again. It's not as bad as
1: Ryan Coogler, but it's, pre- it's no, co- but it's pretty close. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Ugh. Ryan Coogler. That's a, that honestly makes me sad. When like I Robert it. Pattinson did a movie called Lost City of Z. Did you see that movie? No, I didn't. It's not like a great movie. It's a little slow, but he is terrific in it. Mm. And, like, he's doing these movies where he's sort of a chameleon. Um, it's hard to even tell that you're watching Robert Pattinson. Like, in, in Lost City, he's got this beard, and in Good Time, he's very scrawny. And mm-hmm. Well, that's what I felt about Good Time. I was like, this is just a completely
1: new person. Yeah. It's great. Uh, he did this movie called High Life by Claire Denis. The French director? Oh, yeah, who made uh, White Material, which is quite good.
0: Yeah, and I think that's also an A24 movie. A- like? White Material? No, highlight. Oh, yeah, High Life, I think it is. Yeah. Came out earlier this year. I, I have yet to see it. Uh, yeah, really interesting. What else are you guys into these days? The Irishman trailer? Uh,
1: I don't know. I mean, I'm gonna obviously, I'm going to see it. I'm actually, honestly, I want to try to see it in theaters. Me too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's going to be very tempting, though. It's sitting there in the living room. And I can't find someone to go to the theater with me. Not I might flip that
1: on. I might. You and I should seriously try to make an effort. Like if it's playing in New York, let's go try. Let's, seriously, let's
0: try to see it. Well, it would be mm-hmm. nice if it came out before it was released on Netflix. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. God, I know. I know. I think like, it's going to. I is think it? that's the plan. Oh, really?
2: Plan. Uh. I think it was first, the, first theaters, then Netflix.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm into yeah. that then. Then I'll go to the theater with you to do that. I would
1: love to do that. Because I, I saw that true. I'm like, I really don't want to watch that on Netflix.
0: Yeah. I just don't. Um, Man, this de-aging. I'm nervous. Mm. I'm really nervous. Bobby D. Yeah, that looked rough. Mm. Did you see the one shot of him at the end? Yeah. ooh, It doesn't work. No. It doesn't work, guys. Here's what I don't understand. Why not just cast a younger version of De Niro. i don't like why
1: they stopped doing that in movies i don't yeah understand. what like, is this de-aging shit what was wrong with that
0: i didn't have any issue with that it never took me out of the movie de niro literally played a young vito corleone and it's one of the great performances in the history of cinema yes like why can't we just do that with the irishman i don't know and that it it's crazy it's like de niro played the young brando and now no one can play the young de niro I yeah it bothers me yeah it's stupid i agree other than that, I mean, yeah, it looks, like, pretty damn fun. Like, all those shots, like, you know, the overhead dolly shots, the mm-hmm. Scorsese classics are... It, it just looks, like, really fun and a throwback, and it's gonna be awesome to see Pesci again, but...
1: Oh, well, that's kind of, like, the one of my biggest interests with the film is just seeing Pesci.
0: Mm. I miss that guy. But this de-aging thing, I don't know. It, I'm really nervous about it. Has, the, has it ever worked for me? Like, like CGI
1: faces like like I would say Blade Runner 2049 but it's very limited. Very limited. So I don't I don't hold that up to like the standard. It might be my the the best use of that but only because they knew to not use it a lot. Right. Whereas like you look at it in like Rogue One <laughs> and they're oh. pu- and they're pulling molds from the top secret set. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Cushing, yeah. <laughs> so like I don't know.
0: Yeah, I um I'm with you. The Blade Runner thing—they sort of shot it though in the shadows. Yeah, no, that they were sp- scene where the 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 girl comes back.
1: No, they were smart about it. Is the thing right? Which is what you should do. But this is this requires you to kind of expose these guys a bit more. Yeah,
0: this looks like a lot of close-ups yeah. on De Niro. It's, oh God, it's freaking me. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. And also, they didn't change the voices. <laughs> yep, it's like De Niro has the face of like a 50-year-old, but has the voice of an 80-year-old. Have you seen Space Cowboys? No. They do the exact same thing at the beginning of Space Cowboys
1: with younger versions of Clint Eastwood and Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, really? But it's the older voices. <laughs> it's the weirdest fucking thing, right? It's it's one of the most out of place uses of I, I don't know what you call that, but where they take like an older gentleman and they like put it in this younger person, and it just ew, it just feels so wrong. I
0: felt the same way about Amadeus actually, and I I love that movie, mm-hmm. but Efrem um, uh, Abraham. Abraham at in the beginning and the end has yeah. the old makeup on but he still sounds like F Murray Abraham. Yeah, it's a little weird. Yeah. That's always uh, Nico, thrown me off. Nico,
2: how did you feel about Sam Jackson and Captain Marvel? Was that eerie? For you?
0: No, but the other um uh um Coulson was eerie. Yeah. I didn't like that at all.
1: You know, honestly, it's funny you bring that up. One of my favorite like old man makeups was actually Chris Evans in Endgame. I actually I oh really, yeah, really like that. I thought it was Kind of well done. Yeah. But that was all practical, right? They didn't see that. So. His performance as an old man was also quite good. That's I was like, oh, wow, I actually buy this. Yeah.
0: Cool. Best they ever saw was Mahershala Ali in True Detective Season 3. You should
1: try um, um, what's Tilda Swinton as an old man in Suspiria. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> Why did you spoil that? He, a, it's a main character throughout the entire thing. No. You will lose your shit. I've already
2: lost my
0: shit. <laughs> Fear oh, my. not. Oh, that movie. We're far past that point. No, no. Uh um,
2: What other are the movies you guys looking? What other movies are you guys looking forward to? You haven't seen yet.
0: Oh
1: boy, what's coming out this year? A little thing called Star Wars. I'm not uh, that. I'm not uh, totally jazzed. Episode nine. Are um, you excited for Episode
0: nine? I don't know if I am. Honestly, I really don't know if I am. I'm just nervous. I'm nervous for what they're doing to episode eight. I'm really nervous that the backlash got to J.J. Abrams. And he said, oh, it's all right, guys. We'll make it work. Mm-hmm. You fans were so pissed off. but uh, And so were we. Well, you're here kinda, at the Disney Corporation.
1: It's like, well you can you could call the, the the sequel trilogy messy and maybe it is but if you go back and you just make it again more like the force awakens it's gonna
0: feel even messier exactly right so uh, even if you didn't like the choices in eight reversing them will only make it worse you have to commit mm-hmm. again
2: I just i don't i don't think there's any concrete story it just feels like they're just spinning their wheels there's nothing there's nothing new being accomplished you just
3: yeah.
1: I, know. I like I hate to say it but I I like the sequel trilogy. Don't get me wrong, but it mm. uh, there there's there's issues. That's the best I can say.
0: There's certainly issues. I love 8 and I just don't want them to mess with 8. Yeah. That's my, that's my only concern. Jabril, you don't like 8. No. Yeah. Oh, you're one of those people. <laughs> well, there's that's a those... lot of those people. I
1: know. <laughs> there's a lot of those I know people. There are. That being said, I'm excited for Knives Out.
2: Oh, yeah. That's Knives good. Out looks interesting. Yeah,
0: Knives Out will be fun. Yeah. Um Really, the stuff I'm most looking forward to is on TV. Mm. That, that's the issue, I think.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, Succession season two is next month. Um, Mindhunter. Ooh, Mindhunter. So they're doing Manson uh, and Mindhunter, yeah, by the way. Yeah, they are. It's the
2: same actor from this
0: movie. Yes. That is weird. It's so great. <laughs> I mean, obviously, he doesn't have that big a role in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. No. But he's just basically the, a cameo. But, but just the fact that he's in it at all and it's the same actor. Yeah, he's joining the ranks of that one dude that plays Pablo Escobar in all of the, <laughs> the Mexican cartel shows. I'm sorry, man. I'm, I am kind of jazzed for uh, Mindhunter. I am, too. Um, I am on record saying I didn't love season one as much as you did, mm-hmm. but I, I liked certain parts of season one. And I really like the idea of the show. Um, and to see David Fincher is doing more episodes this year yeah. is exciting. It's really exciting. I mean, Because all the best episodes for me, honestly, are the David Fincher episodes. Oh, for sure. And he's also splitting duties with the guy that did Assassination of Jesse James. I know. By the Andrew, coward Robert Ford. Andrew Dominic. Andrew Dominic and David Fincher are going to do all the episodes, I think. I know. I think it's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely... And also, like, it feels like a show that has more to say. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It feels like a show that could sustain a couple seasons. Yeah, I agree. Whereas you know something like house of cards which was which was also a David Fincher project, at least in its pilot, uh, that sort of ran out of steam after one season yes, um so yeah I'm, yeah mm. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that <sighs> um there's a couple other h b o shows there's that I think it's an adaptation of the Golden Compass. Oh yeah, that when, looks interesting. They're doing a Golden
1: Compass adaptation.
0: Yeah. Is when's Bond twenty five coming out? This next year? Is next this year? year? Oh, it's
1: next I think year. It's next year. Yeah. Okay. When is Avatar two coming out? Fifty years from now. <laughs> Never. <laughs> when's Half Life three coming out? That's not a movie, but. <laughs> <laughs> That's never uh, going to get
2: released. I want to see The Last Black Man in San Francisco. You guys hear about that oh, one? Oh, that actually looks pretty good.
0: I've heard tremendous things about it. It actually looks really good.
2: That did was a big hit seeing, at Sundance. Did you guys end up seeing Booksmart? No. No, no you it liked so it. It was so fun. Yeah. Oh, it was so fun. Mm. It'll be a while to that. It was really good. All
1: right. Yeah, there's a few like little ones that
2: I I, I think I actually missed
1: out on. So.
0: Oh, here's the movie. I just found it uncut gems you know what this is what same guys that did good time Adam Sandler oh yeah in the lead what with the weekend hey, Adina what? Menzel yeah the weekend uh, yeah uh Lakeith Stanfield <laughs> Mike Francesa Mike Francesa is cameoing in this movie what I'm confused Trinidad James <laughs> What? Set in the Diamond District of New York City, Howard Ratner, a jewelry store owner and dealer to the rich and famous, must find a way to pay his debts when his merchandise is taken from one of his top sellers and girlfriend. What's it called? Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems. What the fuck? This movie is made for me. Holy shit.
2: Himself, okay.
0: It's like a comedic like heist movie essentially. Interesting. And Mike fucking Francesa is going to be in it
2: i know the weekend's a cinephile so that doesn't surprise me is that right he is yeah i didn't know that uh one of his songs tears in the rain so he's a big blade Blade runner fan oh yeah wow
1: good 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 for him (laughs) i like this guy (laughs) (laughs) tears in the rain oh by the way i was i'm still upset over rucker howard that bothered the hell really bothered the hell
3: out of me yeah
1: Uh, okay. Yeah, I think that's all I have. Yeah, I think we're set on these movies. I think we're good. We've seen too many movies. I am beat. I've seen so (laughs) many fucking movies recently. Gotta go to TV. oh I I know. know. I know. You You thought you liked two hours of entertainment. (laughs) Oh, Barry. Yeah, I know. I gotta see Barry. I gotta see so much shit. Barry. Oh, Jabril and I
0: freaked out over Barry this year. Yeah. Yeah, I heard. There's one episode of Barry that is... I think That's, the best work of filmmaking of. I, I
1: I no I'm not gonna do, I have to get moving on Twin Peaks. Oh right, where before, are
2: you in it? Where are you in it? I
1: I've, I haven't seen like any of it. I've I've seen like like the first episode or three. I don't even know, <laughs> but I'm I'm not far enough in it to talk about it. That's the thing. It's like I, I it's one of those instances where it's like I started and I thought it was very good, and then like again just shit comes up and I I couldn't you know keep watching and or, yeah. it's not even that I couldn't keep watching it's just that I started doing so much shit and then I was like oh wait I had a TV show I was watching
3: mm-hmm.
1: alright maybe I'll get to it later it's that kind of thing so
0: I need to like pick it up Nico what are we talking about Twin Peaks oh greatest <laughs> thing Twin I've Peaks. seen this decade <laughs> right yeah.
2: the third yes. season yeah yeah yeah
0: the, the greatest haunting,
2: thing haunting tragic weird absurd Seriously the greatest thing
0: um, Adam and I have been discussing Off air uh, Best films of the decade Because we may be doing a project Involving the yes. best films mm-hmm. um, And like if Twin Peaks The Return Counted as a movie It would be number one by a
2: mile <laughs> You know Jim Jarmusch the filmmaker Yes yeah. he, he said on a podcast It's his favorite film of the decade American film of the decade Twin well, Peaks The Return
0: Didn't uh, <laughs> what's, what's the organization with the international Is it Sight and Sound they do the polls. I think it's, it's like an international critics or maybe a filmmaker's poll. And they counted Twin Peaks The Return as a movie and it ranked number one on their list. Because it's that good. Wow. From that year. Yeah, it's, it's remarkable. It's actually the best thing David Lynch has ever done. I'm, I'm looking back on it and I'm like, yeah, it's better than Blue Velvet. It's, it's better than Eraserhead. It's better the, than The Elephant Man. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just a more complex text. It's yeah. the most but, complex text he's ever done.
2: But it is also very indulgent. Um, sure. Especially, but especially yeah. one particular portion of it, one particular portion. <laughs> what are you
0: referring to? Uh,
2: particular act- actress comes in during a particular sequence. Let's try not to spoil anything for me. Yeah. Uh,
0: is it the, um, the, the character that looks into the mirror a lot?
2: No. Um, <laughs> what's the actress from irreversible? What's the actress, the Italian actress? Oh,
1: what's- uh, Fuck, what the hell is her name?
2: My goodness. Um
1: God. Damn, this is
2: gonna piss me off what the hell is her
0: name. (laughs) I know, it's on the tip of my tongue. Son of a bitch. Uh, oh Monica Bellucci. Bellucci. Monica
2: Bellucci, there it is. Do you remember that? You remember what I'm talking about, Nico? That was that was that was something.
0: (laughs) I wouldn't call that okay.
2: That was was (laughs) old man Lynch. We got to be careful though
0: when we use the word indulgent to talk about David Lynch, um,
2: <laughs> right?
0: Because there's yeah. levels to this shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like to say <laughs> David Lynch is indulgent. Well, yeah. I mean, the sky's <laughs> fucking blue. But, but, but what does that mean, though? <laughs> of course he's indulgent. But the indulgence is the point.
2: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll talk eventually. We'll talk eventually. About yeah, this.
0: we will. We will for yeah. sure. Mm. <laughs> I'll get there. I yeah. promise. Okay. That's that. Oh, also the Joker movie is coming out this year. Forgot about that. Yeah, right? yeah. That's that, debuting that? in Venice. Yeah. That actually looks pretty good.
2: Oh, yeah. and uh, Jojo Rabbit, Taika Waititi's new movie.
1: Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That looks inter- very interesting. Yeah, with the good the good boy Hitler. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, yeah. Don't I don't know. Again, don't know what to make of that, but it looks like a Taika Waititi film. Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: Terminator Dark Fate?
1: I don't give a shit.
2: Jesus. Joseph.
1: <laughs> I'm so fucking done with Terminator. It's unbelievable. Rambo Last Blood. Oh, did you see that trailer? It was... I got the horses in the band. Uh...
2: Uh...
0: They actually Na-na-na-na-na. played Hulltown Road.
2: It looks awful. <laughs> don't you love that song? No. Greatest song of all time. That song?
0: <laughs> Number one I... running.
2: Of all time. Yeah, it's the play.
0: most consecutive number one weeks on the Billboard chart.
2: 17, baby, counting.
0: Lil Nas X. It's Lil Nas X and, and, uh, and John be Lennon. Right. That's it. <laughs> that's, that is sad. Those are the all-time greats. All right, that's a podcast, I think. I think it yeah. is, too. All right. Jabril, thank you so much. Thank,
2: thank you me. guys for having me. Hope to be back soon.
0: Yes. yes. Well, we'll make it work in another two and a half years.
2: It's my first podcast, by the way. Thank you guys for busting my cherry. You did get... Oh,
1: God. Oh, Oh, no. What have I done? Like that girl in Midsummer.
3: Oh, goodness.
1: (laughs) Oh, boy. I hope you enjoyed it being busted.
3: Um, (laughs) (laughs) It was
1: consensual. (laughs) He wanted to come on.
0: (laughs) Oh, God, that actually... Yeah. end it there uh go see hey. once upon a time in hollywood for like five yeah. more times and listen to the soundtrack and love this movie because i love this movie and it will hurt yeah. my feelings if you don't <laughs> i swear when adam texted me last night that he was a little indifferent on the movie broke my heart i'm sorry man it hurt me i'm sorry and Are by you, the way what What well, you pissed me off enough before you deserve it
3: <laughs>
1: you know i i i i feel like the 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 getting at each other quotient right now. It's it, it's a little off, so I needed to to you know get back at you.
0: Alright, we'll be back. <laughs>
3: we'll
0: right. See you guys. Uh, go go to the website too manythoughtsmedia.com or tmt.media for short. And until next time we speak.
1: Oh, happy movie hopping bros. When I
0: heard that you know, I wasn't familiar with that song. So I'm listening to one of the KHA things. I'm like, and I'm literally like writing down the songs that I like And I'm like
2: What the F is this? Ladies and gentlemen The beat goes on K-H-J, Los
3: Angeles
2: 331 in Los Angeles This is The Real Don
3: Steve Hello!